Okay, welcome to today's episode of Authentic Learning. Today's guest is Clover Hogan, a Green School graduate from 2016. Clover has a unique edu educational journey that gives her an interesting perspective on schooling in today's world and what best prepares students to engage with the world. From Australia to Green School to France and back to Green School, Clover's educational journey can help shed light on the advantages and potential pitfalls of progressive education models. Clover, could you give us an overview of your schooling growing up in Australia and how and why you found your way to Green School? Yeah, sure. And um, first off, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, so I was fortunate enough to grow up in rural Australia, uh, right on the coast, which was a beautiful, rugged landscape that really imbued me with my lifelong passion and love for the environment and the natural world. Um, but, you know, being in a town of just 6,000 people meant that my education options were somewhat limited. Um, and so... By the time uh, it rolled around that I had to enroll in standardized education, it ultimately boiled down to the Christian school across town, which um, whose principal still believed in paddling students across a desk, and the Catholic school, which took less of a hands-on approach. So naturally, that's where I wound up. Um, but it was still a highly indoctrinating environment, and the few teachers who were genuinely invested in, you know, kind of like feeding our young minds, were ultimately pushed out by that system because they weren't Catholic enough, they weren't religious enough. Um, but, you know, by the time fourth grade rolled around, it was less of a kind of fun house, I suppose, and teachers had dropped that pretense. Um, and so that meant that, you know, Inside the classroom, it was just a matter of intensive rote learning, regurgitating numbers, regurgitating sums. Um, and then outside of it, the school really didn't have any bullying policy whatsoever. So, um, you know, when it came to the playground, I was <laughs> being bullied mercilessly by this four-foot tyrant. Um, and it reached a point where I was, you know, honestly just making myself physically ill every day so that I wouldn't have to kind of face that reality, um, at which point my parents pulled me out and enrolled me in the Christian school, uh, which had since changed its disciplinary measures, but um, still was much of the same, um, and really had this kind of a regular patchwork of the teachers who resented uh, their jobs and, as an extension, resented their students and the few who were really invested in teaching us. Um, but you know, the scales kind of dipped further and further in one direction. And that meant that I was spending less time on studying and less time focusing on exams. And I was spending more time on simply rebelling against that system. And so it wasn't the education system that was shaping who I was and my passions, my interests, but it was actually my rejection of that <laughs> uh, through which I was really finding my debater's voice. And, um, yeah, you know, I was a real disruptor. Um, being an antagonist in kind of every class. Um, and then, you know, realizing that something absolutely had to change, my parents ended up sending me to a summer camp in the Indonesian jungle, which I very <laughs> reluctantly attended. Um, and it was through that camp that I discovered green school. And once I stepped onto that campus, it was really a point of no return for me. Um, I immediately fell in love with it. It was, you know, just the stuff of kids' dreams, an incredibly 
inspirational and beautiful place. And I turned around to my parents after this camp and basically told them that I was going to green school whether they came with me or not. Um, and so being the incredible parents that they are, um, within 12 months, they kind of packed up our lives in Australia and I was on a plane boarded for Bali. Okay, so so a little background here for our listeners. After joining Green School for, for grade eight and quickly becoming what, what all of her teachers would describe as a quintessential Green School student, and by that I mean engaged, curious, passionate about her learning and passionate about getting involved with her community, Clover blew all of our minds by making the decision <laughs> to leave Green School and enroll in a high school in Toulouse, France. So Clover, can you just give us a little more background on that decision to make that move to France? Sure. Um, it's still a little tricky for me to articulate simply because it, <laughs> you know, the community wasn't the only one surprised. I also really surprised myself with that decision. Um, but I think it was important to realize that I had been in a very standardized uh, institutionalized system for most of my life and so for me that was the normal um, and once I stepped onto that green school campus as liberating and as empowering as that was it wasn't simply a matter of you know just flipping a switch and and my whole psyche my belief system would change I still um, was battling with this belief that you know, um, school should be emotionally demanding and challenging in a way that green school simply wasn't. Um, and so it was from that belief system that I basically wanted to challenge myself even further and, you know, being really happy and, and in my flow at green school <laughs> felt kind of unnatural in a way, if that makes any sense. Um, and so it was from that that I basically enrolled myself in the most standardized and institutionalized environment I could find, which was the French public school system. <laughs> and, and to be perfectly fair, not that we would ever claim to have everything figured out and be working perfectly at Green School, your first years at Green School were a particularly tumultuous time. So, mm. so yeah, we, we don't claim that you left perfection by any means. So <laughs> uh, how about... Once you got to France, how how did you settle? What was working well for you at that high school, and what were you finding challenging? Yeah, so the French system, um, it's kind of, uh, it feels like a contradiction to its culture. For me, coming from a French background, um, you know, French culture is very liberating. It's full of passion and life and love and um, the school system, I soon learnt, uh, was kind of everything that that wasn't. And so, um, just to give a little context, the French high school system basically divides students into three streams, or what they call series, and um, that means that by the age of like 15 or 16, you have to decide which stream you want to go into. So there's literature and the arts, there's uh, politics and humanities, and then there is mathematics and science. And so when I rocked up, that meant that I had to choose which stream kind of best fit me. And once I you know, took that step, there was um, no turnaround time. There was no ability to kind of retrace my steps or change my mind. It's like, well, once you've made that decision, that's it. And that's going to set you up for the rest of your life. And that was really tricky for me because I um, 
I'm a huge book nerd. I love literature. I love the humanities. I'm also very involved in the political space and the environmental space. So asking me to kind of choose between the two felt a lot like I was kind of scrapping a major part of my personality and my passions and, and what uh, what made me me. And so from the get-go, um, I, I wasn't particularly happy about that. And just increasingly being in that system, I mean, obviously all of the immediate issues and, and struggles with having to learn a second language. But I actually enjoyed that challenge. It was more the fact that my teachers were so set in their ways, even more than the you know highly kind of religious uh, system that I'd come from in Australia, that it was just a very painful experience. And um, yeah, contradictory to everything that I had grown to love and cherish at Green School. Um, so I was quickly quite unhappy there. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, showing up, opening the textbook, honestly memorizing text word for word, regurgitating that for an exam the next day, and just going on and on. Um, and it's within that system that you have to pass the baccalaureate exam. And if you don't pass that baccalaureate exam within the first try, then you have to completely redo your final year of high school. So it's, it, yeah, it often felt like being part of, um, Charlie Chaplin's modern times, um, being a factory worker, just having to incessantly carry out kind of tasks for the hives and not having any individual free thought, no creativity, no room for any of that. So, so partway through this year, you met up with green school students who were attending the, the conference of parties and the conference of youth climate talks in Paris. And that meeting kind of sparked a, a big decision to come back to Green School. Can you can you talk a little bit about that meeting and, and your decision to return to Green School? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's funny because even once I was, you know, even three months into this rote learning and three months into this system, I was still too stubborn to kind of turn around and say, you know, this simply isn't working. This isn't where I should be. Um, and so I was so determined to carry it out, carried out that the thought of returning to green school honestly never even passed through my mind. That's the resilience, um, Clover. Nice work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yes, you could call it that, I suppose. So, um, yeah, but it, I just increasingly was deteriorating emotionally, mentally, um, and it reached this point where I was basically sprawled on the, <laughs> on the floor of our kitchen in France kind of saying to the heavens, like, you know, I'm done, I'm done with education, I'm done with school, that's it, I'll drop out. And this is, at, you know, total gibberish and totally crazy coming from me, who's always been um, quite academic and, and a, you know, um, a bit of a nerd when it comes to school. So um, I was at a real low point, and I was just on the verge of kind of giving everything up. And that was when, like, honestly, a message from the gods, um, my phone buzzed and my best friend Kyla from Bali messaged me to say, hey, you know what, we're, um, the Green School's coming to Paris for COP21. And this was a huge turning point for me. It was like suddenly being like plugged into the wall. I was recharged. I felt like a Duracell bunny. And I, it, it, you know, I didn't even have to think about it. I was just like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to meet up with them. It's going to be fantastic. And, um... Yeah, so I basically uh, scrounged up money from the couch and from my savings, bought a train ticket, and later met um, my students and teachers. And it was a very emotional reunion for me because, um, you know, having been at this school in France, when I told, um, you know, my French friends about the this incredible place in the jungle, they 
kind of looked at me like I was crazy, either believing it a total figment of my imagination or obviously perplexed at why I would ever come to this institutionalized system and choose that over grade school. Um, and so meeting up with my friends and teachers, it was kind of like cutting through this illusion and realizing, wow, like this is real. Um, you know, these people are here and just realizing what it was like remembering what it was like to have teachers who were genuinely invested in their students um, and genuinely invested in seeing us succeed. That felt like it was such a breath of fresh air after being through this system. Um, and so, you know, one of my friends kind of just planted the thought, um, you know, she said, well, what if you went back to green school? What if you um, finished it that way? And once she voiced it, it was kind of like smashing this glass illusion that I'd built up around this, my experience in France. And um, yeah, that was kind of like the point of no return. And then obviously the real trigger for me was that I was offered this incredible internship in Silicon Valley um, on the condition that I graduated within six months. And I had actually been set up to do another year and a half, but sure enough, uh, Green School being the wonderful, flexible kind of system that it is. I spoke to um, Leslie, who's now head of GS, and she said, you know, let's make it happen. So within two weeks, I think it was, I was on a plane back to Bali, and, and that was that. Wonderful. And and you've blogged and talked about how much you you love that decision and how good you felt about it. But, but in the same blog, uh, you mentioned that, you know, green school is not perfect. And as I mentioned earlier, we would never make that claim. We, we know we have things to keep working on. But I would love to hear your perspectives on the areas of your education at green school that you feel could use some attention, some improvement at the school. Yes. Um, so I think because green school is so flexible. I mean, it's it's basically tailored to meet an individual's individual students' passions, their interests. It's um, yeah, highly kind of malleable and flexible, and that means that um, for some students, I think it's quite easy to actually take advantage of that kind of system, or not necessarily you know jump on the opportunities that it presents and. Uh, so I think on that front, it could actually do with a little more structure in certain areas, um, you know, just to give students who aren't as adaptable or who aren't necessarily sure on what they want to do a little more flexibility. Um, and then I suppose the other thing is that um, I was fortunate enough to, you know, naturally have this real love for the environment, which was an incredible overlap with green school it's, it was the perfect place for me um and for my personal kind of headspace um but i know a lot of students actually feel that kind of pressure to be green warriors to be green activists and lobbyists and even if that isn't necessarily kind of what turns them on what gets them going um and so i suppose it's a matter of you know reeling back the emphasis on on having to be an eco-warrior and kind of pushing the fact that well as long as you're happy doing what you're passionate about then that is the ultimate kind of bar for success yeah wonderful i love that point and and you'll be glad to know that we we definitely have that in our sites and and we're implementing more and more mindfulness into our curriculum and just more and more awesome you know holistic is such a buzzword in education but it's also so important mm -hmm. to realize that 
you know, algebra is just not going to matter. And in geography is just not going to matter if you're having really serious emotional issues or relationship mm -hmm. issues and whatnot. And it's a lot more important to meet students where they are and to just help them through what's a really difficult growing period in their lives. And, and also, I would love to make a point too on, uh, on some students kind of, I guess you could say coasting almost, right? Without mm. as much structure. And that's something we're really working on as well. And and I often like to say that green school is kind of like life intensified and life, as you know, you get out of it, what you put into it. And that goes for mm -hmm. everything. But, but green school, I feel amps all of that up, the highs, the lows. And, and if you really dig in and just take green school for all it's worth, wow, it will give you so much. But if you yeah. just try to coast, then then yeah, you're not going to get as much out of it. And, and, and I think that is, is something for us to look at, how to create some structures that, uh, that prevent people from coasting and, and give them those opportunities to really find themselves, center themselves, and find their directions where they want to go. And if it's not an environmental warrior, then perhaps it's just being more involved in human rights or, or as you say, mm -hmm. just being a happier person. It's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think... Um, you know, a lot of the work that I've been doing recently is actually centered around finding what your purpose is and what your mission is. And, and it's such a buzzword now that it's lost a lot of its meaning. But a real revelation for me was that a purpose or a mission doesn't have to be a really tangible kind of set of goals with a timeline. It can simply be a state of being and a feeling. And I think the further in that direction Green School goes, um, just ensuring that its students are in a happy, healthy um, kind of place, that's ultimately where it's going to see, you know, the biggest kind of catalyzing shifts. Wonderful. And so as a, as a recent graduate and as someone who's been to a variety of schools and as someone who's really taking on the role of a global citizen and being involved and really caring what would you identify as, as key aspects that, that schools need to keep in mind to meet students' needs for today's world and make their learning in schools a really authentic experience? Mm. Um, well, I think the fantastic thing about green school is, you know, beyond the, the obvious, beyond the bamboo buildings, beyond the marimba and the breeze, the thing that really distinguishes it is the fact that it encourages students to find out who they are individually and find their passions, find their creativity. I think increasingly, unfortunately, we're seeing with schools um, that, you know, that system of rote learning has existed, you know, since the Industrial Revolution and it's changed very little. And that system was designed to basically churn out worker bees for the hive. Um, but, you know, as we're moving at an increasingly rapid rate as society's rate of change is um, increasing, we're unable to just rely on worker bees. We have to focus on increasing human ingenuity and creativity and being able to think outside of the box for, you know, the greatest kind of threats or to combat the greatest threats we've ever seen as a society. Um, and for that, I think it's a matter of schools actually realizing that, you know, what rote learning doesn't actually work. Standardized education doesn't work. We need to stop treating students like a set of averages 
and realize that, you know, naturally being human, <laughs> they're all highly individual, highly complex creatures. And we need to recognize that. We need to build the system around that. We don't need to build the system around a capitalistic model that is no longer fit for purpose in the 21st century. Um, so, yeah, that would be my advice um, for educators is to really um, encourage creativity. I think that resonated with so many people. I'm sure you've seen Ken Robinson's um, TED Talk. I believe it's, sure. if not, yeah, uh, one of, if not the most watched TED Talks in history. And that's because a lot of people are scarred and traumatized by their education experience because it, it crushed the child in them. It crushed this curious, explorative, you know, being that wanted to um, that was capable of achieving anything they wanted and, and instead was kind of boxed. And so we need to rapidly move away from that if we do have any hope of actually combating the issues that are becoming increasingly prevalent. Yeah, wonderfully put, wonderfully put. So Clover, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are really happy to hear your voice and would love to know more about where you are and what you're doing now. Can you fill us in about what's going on in Clover's world and what your plans are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I currently work at a in marketing comms at a social enterprise called Leaders Quest. And so in a world that is, you know, um, speeding up with every voice kind of vying to be heard, we help leaders, we help people cut through that complexity to find clarity and purpose. And so we work with, um, you know, major corporations, we work with small NGO initiatives to really find out why they're here um, what they want to achieve and how they can be better leaders. So it's all about stepping up, um, realizing that, you know, models that have served us for a long time are no longer serving us and we need to completely change them. So that's kind of the sphere that I'm in right now, um, increasingly moving into the sustainability space because that's really my passion. Um, and I will be sure to keep you posted. Thank you very much. Clover, it's been a real pleasure to, to have you on this show and to talk to you again and catch up. And uh, for those of you out there who want to read some of Clover's wonderful insights and beautiful writing, you can find her blog at cloverhogan.com. Clover, take good care of yourself. We look forward to you visiting Bali. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much, Glenn. Okay. Bye-bye.